This week's episode of the Fat Packs Podcast is brought to you by the Collectible Card Club, Monster Breaks, and all our phone guests appear on the Spotty Hot Cash Hotline. And we are back. I am Eric. This is the Fat Packs Podcast. You are listening to us on the Beckett Podcasting Network. Joining me today are two very special people. Very, very special. My friend, Mr. Kevin Hagelin. What's going on, Kevin? How's it going, man? I'm pretty well. And the most ass-kicking guy in the DFW area, Mr. Nick Nepic. What's going on, buddy? Doing well. That is a strong compliment. That's a good start. You're, we're already on good terms because of that compliment. I came... And I, a swear. And, and, and a, a good one. Like, yeah. a well-placed swear can really elevate your cool status, like whether <laughs> yeah. someone says it about you or you say it. So that was good all around. I agree. Awesome. Awesome. Let me get some uh, business out of the way here. We are, of course, brought to you today by the Collectible Card Club. Monster Breaks and all of our phone guests, which I don't believe there'll be any phone guests this week, but I'm going to give them some love anyway, are brought to you by Sparty Hawk on the Sparty Hawk Cash Hotline. So uh, we're going to talk NBA draft preview. That's what this show is all about today. But before we get into all of that, I come bearing gifts, Kevin. Oh? I do. And this is... Oh, I've already got my box. I'm, you have. My, my empty Ultra Pro semi-rigid box that I really wanted because I'm a weird OCD person. Nick, I feel like I should give this to you okay, so you can give it to him. All right. Okay? I don't want you to show him me just yet, but I want you to see this. Okay. And then we're going to go from there, okay? I like, oh, slide it like <laughs> that. It's, it's a secret. It is a secret. Okay. It makes a lot. It'll make a lot Are of Are you sense. ready for it, Kevin? Okay, let's see it. That's for you, buddy. An Alex Lynn autograph. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, Ke- that's Kevin's favorite NBA just, player. Just the sparest <laughs> of the spare. Come oh. on. If you guys have not been listening to back- Backward Basics, you will. If, if you have not been, you will know that uh, you won't know that Kevin hates. So spare. <laughs> Tell us the backstory, man. Because like everyone's like, oh, he's he's a lock for the top ten, and I'm like, why? Have you watched college basketball <laughs> this year? And then what did he go like seven or something? And people, I just. It's an unreasonable hatred, but as Nick knows, I have a lot of unreasonable hatreds. It's people hyped him up so much, and they're like, oh, this kid's going to be a star. And I was like, yeah, for sure. His eight points a game really leads you to believe he's going to be a star. And he sucks. Not even playing behind Tyson Chandler could help him. Yes, because he's not good. <laughs> you can have the greatest mentor in the world. That's why they were like, well, how come Wayne Gretzky's not a great hockey coach? Because the people playing for him are not Wayne Gretzky. You can't just go, I don't know, be awesome like me. Now, Tyson Chandler couldn't just go, be a rim-protecting, awesome hawk of badassery. <laughs> and he just couldn't. And Alex Lund's like, I don't know what to do. That's funny. So is it all Maryland guys you hate? Or just no, like, no, no, just him. Just, just him. him. Like, I don't have, like, unreasonable hatred of Stevie Francis or anything like that. So it's fine. How do you, how do you feel about Steve Blake? I mean, he's kind of a spare, too. But, like, I for whatever reason, Alex Land just, ugh. Okay. I got you. Blech. I got you. All right. So let's uh, let's set up your credentials before we we jump into this. Why we brought you guys in to do this show in particular, Nick? Please tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and uh, how long you've been doing basketball. Well, as far as intense draft analysis, that's been about two and a half years, but. Been a college basketball fan my entire life. I'm one of the rare people that it's probably my favorite sport is okay. college basketball. And I think Kevin might 
we around tournament time, we were the two that uh, were, yeah. ner- were nerding out about the NCAA tournament, and everyone else was like, uh, when's the Final Four? And we were like, but there are so many other games to play. So I've been a huge college basketball fan my entire life, of course, a big Mavericks fan. And so kind of combine those two whenever I decided, that, or whenever the Mavericks started to care about the draft is when I really started to care about sure. the draft. So three years ago or so, the A.J. Hammonds draft, I guess, was the first one that I, I really started Sweet. intensely follow. <laughs> and, and now we're getting kind of better and better, I would think, at least, with Dennis Smith Jr. and now this year's draft. But yeah, intensely following the draft for about two and a half years and, of course, doing stuff over at The Fan uh, with draft analysis and a draft show and our podcast and all those kinds of things. Awesome. Um, I was so excited when we started having our conversations because – I was like, man, I watch more college basketball than anyone up here at the fan. And I started chatting with Nick, and I was like, I watch the second most college basketball of anyone here at the <laughs> fan. It was like really apparent, but I loved it because we could have conversations that go beyond, like, hey, sure. Like he said, Final Four. Like we'd be breaking things down, and it's just a natural thing. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm happy to have you both here. Uh, excited that you can make this happen on a short notice. Oh, for sure. And uh, let's, let's just get into it, okay? Let's do that. Yeah. All right. Let me ask you this. What's the juiciest trade rumor right now? Oh, I mean, I, I'm absolutely convinced that the Mavericks are on the move. Okay. I really do, especially when you heard news that, well, we talked about this before, that Atlanta, I don't know if they'll actually pull the trigger on Trey Young, but they don't want Luka Doncic at number three. And if okay. he falls to number four, Memphis wants to make some moves. Sure. They want to get rid of Chandler Parsons. They want to make a move. Supposedly the Mavs are all over Doncic. I could see anything from a, we'll take your garbage Chandler Parsons contract for the number four pick and we'll send you something else. Or I could just see them doing a simple swap. But I think the Mavs are going to try to make a move. And then you wonder, you, you got to wonder what Atlanta's going to do at number three. Because like we said, supposedly they covet Trey Young. I don't think Trey Young should be going off the board until seven, eight, nine, ten, and here they sit at number three. And you've got Toronto that really wants to swoop into the top ten. You've got the Clippers who are at twelve and thirteen. They're looking to make up a move. So I think that number three spot could really pivot because I think eight and at one, it's sounding more and more like mm-hmm. Bagley is getting locked in at number two. But I think once you get to number three, yeah. chaos. Yeah, I think the biggest thing will be. If Doncic is on the board at four, if Luka Doncic is there after the first three picks, so many teams are going to be going nuts trying to get to that fourth pick, uh, unless the the Grizzlies are not, you know, are sold on Michael Porter Jr. But if if teams are offering, I don't, why would they not entertain it? So if the Mavericks want to trade up, if the Clippers or whoever want to try to get Luka Doncic, it's going to be wild once that number four pick hits the clock. And if Luka Doncic is still there, it's going to be crazy to watch. I guess all the movement or all the rumors on Twitter, who tries to get to that number four pick? So all related, but I think it all centers around what happens in those first three picks. I don't mean to make this a Mavs central uh, I mean, they're a big player in I this, But they're though. huge, right? Yeah. So could, could theoretically, could the Mavs end up with pick four and five? Yes, not only that, if we can really go to the next level <laughs> here, they can end up with pick four, five, and 14 in this perfect scenario because basically to get pick number four, the first thing you have to do is you have to take the Chandler Parsons contract. It's like two years, $48, $50 million, give or take. And that's going to eat a huge chunk of your salary cap. Mm-hmm. But the Mavericks have the money that they can do to absorb that. And maybe you send them next year's first. Maybe you send them a Dwight Powell, uh, Seth Curry, whatever it is. You could make that happen. And then supposedly Denver is 
basically just saying, take away Kenneth Fareed and his $14 million contract, and we'll just give you the 14th pick. Well, once again, the Mavs could theoretically absorb that. Mm -hmm. Now, that would wipe out their ability to go after free agents, though I might argue, what does bringing Boogie to town really do for you? Because you're not going to be great the next couple of years, whereas if you load up with... Four, five, fourteen, and you pick up your Doncic, Bamba, and you know whether it's Gilgis Alexander, whether it's Lonnie Walker, or whoever. Woo! We got our lineup working for the next decade. Very nice, very nice. What are your thoughts on that, Nick? I think it's it's it, foolish it, to think that would all happen, the, but it know, could. It's the miracle scenario, right? I think you know. I wouldn't be surprised if the Mavericks move, whether that be picking up the fourteenth pick or moving to four or you know, possibly adding four with number five. I I think they are interested in doing something just because of this this draft is so important to the future of the franchise. So I think they want to maximize it to the best of their ability. It's just what happens, I think nobody really knows. I mean, there's so many scenarios, whether it's maybe the Kings get crazy and trade out at two and that changes what the Mavericks do at Whoa. five or whatever. But I, but I think the Mavericks are interested and want to move around a bit, whether that's move up or add picks. It's just a matter of how they go about it and what they actually do. Sure. Now, Kawhi Leonard is going to play a role in this too somewhere, right? Yeah, that's that's fascinating. And there's a little tiny part of me that wonders if LeBron will play a part in this too. Okay. We've talked about this quite a bit. That number 8 and number 10, those picks right there, Cleveland and Philly, mm-hmm. I mean, Philly seems like that would be a very natural destination for mm-hmm. LeBron. You've heard them interested in the Kawhi deal, though L.A., I know, is kind of leading the pack there. But if you were going to pull the trigger, you would think if you're Cleveland, you would like to pick up that Philly pick. Sure. So then you would have picks 8 and 10, and then maybe you can gamble on a, a Porter to go with Mikel Bridges, Trey Young, whoever your pick of choice is. Uh, so I would think... If Cleveland has resigned itself to the fact that LeBron is leaving, which, I mean, like, I think most people think he probably is. I think he probably is. I think he's going to stay, honestly. Do you really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, a lot of people think. (laughs) uh, But I I, I would wonder if they would try to fast track that. I'm sure Mm. they're still trying to convince him to stay. But if you were going to do it, now's the time where you can pick up a top 10 pick in whatever deal and use it instantaneously. So I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out uh, LeBron's name at least being floated out there in the next 48 hours. Okay. When is the draft? It's Friday. Thursday. Thursday. In yeah. the, the NHL is Friday. Right? Correct. Right. That's going to be here I, I in Dallas. Back, uh, that's here in Dallas. Yeah. That's right. I flipped yeah. them backwards. I guess I should know what I'm talking about before I get you. Sure. On the we'll, we'll edit this part. <laughs> out. Yeah. That's all coming out. That's all coming out. Okay. So uh, we're we're talking off air um, about sleepers. I don't know if you guys know much about basketball cards. I know Kevin, you might have an, a, yes. an inkling of understanding, but the hottest product in the last three years in basketball has been uh, flawless. See that case, that case right yep. there? Flawless comes in a case, a briefcase with a lock. It's been that, and it's been National Treasures basketball. One of those, those run neck and neck. What's uh, the retail on those? Flawless running about twelve hundred. Um, <laughs> and uh, National Treasures this year, I think it was about about eight hundred a box. Wow. So it was like six seventy five, eight hundred, somewhere in that range, right there. You know, it depends on where you got it. And then you have a you have a product like Prism basketball that's supposed to be on the lower end, right? Prism basketball will come out and it's supposed to be retail for about 89, 90 bucks. It'll actually sell for about $200 wow. because, or t- maybe 250 or 300 because for whatever reason, during Ben Simmons' actual rookie year, the collecting community deemed it 
the card to have. The prism, the silver bin prism rookie. That was what you wanted. And you you just couldn't touch it for, you know, under a G and you still can't really do that for under wow. a G. So uh it's it's a lower it's a lower end product where compared to flawless and national treasures. There's no like there's no fancy patches in it or anything like that. But those silver prisms are very tough to get. So that's the one that they deem necessary with Ben Simmons and thus it has created a nice little turnaround in the secondary market. Sure. So my question here is, who's a sleeper that collectors should be looking for maybe later in the first round, uh, second round maybe? I don't know. I mean, the kid that instantly jumps to mind is, like, I want the Mavericks to take him if they pick up that number 14 pick, but he's got the craziest story in the world, and I know you're as enamored with this story <laughs> as I am. It's Lonnie Walker. Yeah, okay. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Because... Are you familiar with the backstory of Lonnie Walker, who has some really fascinating opinions? I'm not familiar with this young man's work, so please enlighten me. All right, so the the kid rolling out of Miami. Wait, wait is this the flat earther guy? No, uh, no, no, no. His is like <laughs> his is even better than the flat earth. Okay, is so Lonnie Walker. Not only could he add to your backcourt, but he will add to your media for right. sure. Yeah. Awesome. because he has a really fascinating opinion about like. I don't know if you would call it the multiverse theory or what, but he thinks that there are so many different realities and like maybe what we're doing right now isn't even real. Right. Like this yeah. podcast might not even be real. Like it's, it's all a simulation yeah. of some in some other universe of some kind. Like okay. the Matrix sort of, I guess. Yeah. Now I need this guy here. you well <laughs> and if you think about it, like he'll be taken probably about in the same area that Donovan Mitchell did. Yeah. They're they're not the same player or anything like that. Sure. But he he has an opportunity to do something, especially in a team that needs help in the backcourt, mm-hmm. he'll probably work off the ball more, but he will have the opportunity to make an impact if there's an opening there. And just hearing the kid talk sure. is it's so fascinating. Like like Nick said, he sounds like he truly believes that the Matrix is actually happening right mm. now. Okay. And I know he's gonna drop like 30 points in a game and be like, or maybe I didn't actually score any points. <laughs> and you're gonna be like what <laughs> and so like you're it's going to be impossible not to become enamored with him so you know i, I think sleeper perspective he can he's got the basketball ability sure, but sure. it's that other part and that, the, like the stats on the back of his card will have to have like stars next to him like scored 30 points maybe or <laughs> yes <something like> that. <laughs> yes are you listening to panini please pick that up please that do has that. to be a chase card or an insert it? or something yeah. where it's like or the weird infinity symbols everywhere because you don't know <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me the lizard. He like he believed in the lizard people, and um, I mean, I'm sure that he thinks there is a plane where the lizard people are in control. Okay. I, that's why I need him here. Yeah. Like that, I, we talked about this. We're going to be at Valorburger in the AAC on Thursday night. Okay. I desperately want them to figure out a way to pick up that 14th pick. Mm-hmm. Fly Lonnie Walker out here, <laughs> and I will get in that press conference, and I will be like, "What's this moment like?" Is it like anything? Is it really happening? And just see if we can become best friends right out of the gate. He's got a plan for everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, ask him, have you experienced this already somewhere? Like, in another universe? (laughs) Uh, There's so much potential there. Okay, if you can't pick Lonnie Walker, I'm taking that away from you. Who who else do you say? I think for me, it's Trey Young. Okay, that was my next. I mean, had a crazy start to his college career. All the hype. He's definitely the... Most well known as far as like, the, the casual fan mm-hmm. knows sure. who Trey Young is. So if he comes in 
and he even has an okay rookie year. I think people will will bank on the fact that he's going to get better or just tie that to his college career. I think there's a lot of potential with him as well. I, I agree. If you were going to make an initial investment in any particular rookie, I think those Trey Young, like if you look at it from an IPO perspective, sure. I think those are most likely to jump, especially depending on where he ends up. Because if you look at the way the draft plays out, him and then, you know, I got to throw out my boy, Colin Sexton, is you look at eight, nine, and ten, those picks right there, you're talking about you know, you've got the trifecta of Cleveland, the Knicks, and Philly. Well, if Trey Young goes to Cleveland and LeBron stays, holy crap. Mm-hmm. And if he goes to Philly, I mean that team is ready to go. And then if he goes to the Knicks, well, that's a market that you would think would eat up that opportunity. And so I think his cards could explode quicker. And then Colin Sexton, I think once people can see what he can do on the court. I think he's got an opportunity to jump. I like up. that name. That's a strong name, Colin is, Sexton. That's right. And, and his personality very. Oh, he that. he's got the strongest personality in the draft. Sure. So I think that's somebody who can win people over. But Nick's right. Trey Young. He's. I think he will have the highest valuation of cards out of the gate. I really do. Awesome. Now, what about this kid from uh, Villanova, the guy that just blew up in the national championship game? Is he oh, Divincenzo. Yeah. yeah, he blew up in the national championship game, and then. Some other things <laughs> almost brought him down with his questionable tweets and whatnot. Oh, I remember it. Yeah. yeah. yeah like yeah, a week yeah. after or days, yeah. maybe. Yeah, it was yeah. Like, yeah. Hours, right? I mean, it was... Something like yeah. that. Uh, I am I think he can be a useful player. I'm not super high on him, from especially from a collectible point of view. Mm-hmm. I am more interested in his teammate, Mikel Bridges, because Mikel Bridges is another kid that I think could go in that 8, yeah. 9, 10 spot and instantly become, like, I think if Mikel Bridges goes to Philly or Cleveland, he instantly becomes a, a hard work effort mm-hmm. glue guy that can help take your team to the next level. So I think I like him, well, I do like him a good bit more than DiVincenzo. If I could bring this up, because you guys are the, the card people, and so now I'm interested. I want to I expand on this a little bit. So Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. International guy. I don't yeah. know how that normally works with like international players when when it comes to collectibles and and cards and things like that. But comparing him to past international stars that have come here and either flamed out or succeeded, is there a big market for that kind of thing? I mean, like, are do people gravitate towards that or stay away from it? Like, how does that all work with a guy who's coming from somewhere else and there's so much? I guess negative outlook Perception, towards the international yeah. star. Right. I'm just, that's super interesting to me. Okay, so I guess the easiest thing to do here is it might be a stretch, but follow me. Shohei Otani mm-hmm. or Ichiro Suzuki. Sure. Okay. So Ichiro came over immediate 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 success and with the, with, they won 116 games that season, yes, right? Yeah. So um it his his cards. He was also in the same rookie class with Albert Pujols. That's right. They shot through the roof. I just remember that. They I got that shot two, through the roof. I got the 2001 Upper Deck set, and it was just like it took off right. more than any Upper Deck set had in in exactly. a long time since like Jeter or A Rod. I just saw. In fact, I just saw a post yesterday on Facebook of a. I'm going to give PSA a shout out here. A PSA Jim Mint 10 Ichiro Suzuki rookie from Tops. That's like a twelve dollar card. It's not. It's not anything. It's a ten. It's low on the registry, two hundred fifty bucks. You know, it's wow. that's not. I mean, that two hundred fifty dollars is not a huge money in, in collecting anymore, because you have people paying 
twenty thousands of dollars, twenties of thousands of dollars yeah. for Shohei Otani rookies, right? Right. But for a card from two thousand and one that is, you know, flawless, flawless is uh, that's two hundred fifty bucks is a nice little payday. Shohei Otani is a, another great example. Um, there was a bounty out for uh, you know, you're not collecting at all, are you? So I'm gonna have to explain this a little. No, bit. Yeah, just I am the. The rookie here. Okay, all right. So there was a bounty out for something called uh, the Bowman, the Bowman Superfractor. Okay, mm-hmm. the Bowman Chrome Superfractor. It's a it's a one of one card. There was there's not any other in the set, it was, and it got up to like a hundred and twenty thousand dollars with wow. everything oh in it. Like so, the card itself, and then we Beckett offered free grading on it. So that's a you know that's a nice little. No, it's not a huge chunk of money, but it's it's well considering it's a it's a chunk of money. It'll it'll and that'll make that card turn around. Fast. Mm-hmm. Guy pulls it on Wednesday, two weeks ago, or three. Pulls it on Wednesday. Next day, he goes down and needs Tommy John surgery. So yeah. uh, it's, it's a <laughs> it's We're a still bad. waiting. They said they might. Yeah. Exactly. So I know that he might not need it, but the guy pulls this guy. It's sitting in a box in his home that he's he's put away. He's going to open next week. You know, he, just, he doesn't want to open everything right away. Yeah. Right? So it's sitting in one of those boxes, and he says, you know, what the hell, I'll open it. He opens it up. There's it is. He's, he's ecstatic. We, you know, Beckett does a story on him. Uh, ESPN does a story on him. It, it's uh, everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Next day, dude uh, might need Tommy John surgery. Uh, so to get to your question, is there there's a huge international market, mm-hmm. uh, especially – in China with basketball players. Really? Yes, huge. So um, it would immediately, a player like Doncic, if he come over and, and performs well, it immediately be a success. And it would be hard to find. Uh, another good example was this year, uh, Laurie Markkinen. Yeah. Um, yeah, he played extremely well. He played better than I thought he would. Yeah, he sure than, did. Than most people I yeah, anticipated. Yeah. yeah. So because you're, I know you were marketing. Uh, I liked him a lot, yeah. but I didn't expect what he. I expected him to score some points, but not be nearly what he was. So I can, I can see how that was a surprise and definitely had gained a lot of traction quickly. Yeah. Middle of the road guy like Dario Saric for uh, the Sixers. Mm. Uh, he's not. It's not like huge money, but it's still he's he's performing well. Mm. So it he's. Um, yeah, it's definitely there. I I, I kind of wish that. Uh, oh, what's you're gonna have to help me, Kevin? The the was he Serbian? Darko yeah. Milicic? No. Oh, from the nineties. He died in a Serenus car accident. Marshalunas. He died. That's the Warriors. He died. He played for the Nets. Dragan Petrovic. Dragan. Drazen. Drazen. Petrovic. He died in a car accident. Yeah. Yeah. That, so if Drazen was alive in today in this market and he played as well as he did then, it it'd yeah. Be, pe- People thought he would have been the greatest. Like yeah, people right. put him on the same level as Dirk. Like they're right. like he's Dirk good. I was like, holy crap! Yeah. Wow. And Dirk, Dirk's another prime example. Dirk is uh, like you go to the All Star game, the Dirk celebrity game. You know, there's not an autograph Dirk won't sign. But Dirk doesn't sign in products very much. He'll he'll have like twenty five to a hundred autographs in a product, and that's on the high end side. Wow. So if you pull a Dirk, you're sitting real well. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, there's there's somebody in this office. Uh, well, he's not in this office right now, but he he was a Dirk collector when he was a rookie, and had all his Dirks graded. Oh yeah. So he's got a bunch of he's he's got a, a bunch of nice ones, but he's got two two tens that sit in a lock away box Ooh. that he can't get to that his wife has the code to. Oh, so, she doesn't want him to sell it. Yeah, he does, she doesn't want him to sell it. So wow. She, so he's got two what essentially would be a black label ten oh. uh, sitting away in a lockbox. So. Uh, That's what I'm talking about. The international market 
is there, and especially out of China, it really drives it. Wow. Really, well, really I mean, it. then this will this will be a great a great test for Luca, especially if he comes to Dallas. You got to think his usage rate's going to be pretty oh yeah dang high. I, to I start. mean, anywhere he goes, I mean, he, he should be. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna have production in some capacity. Yeah. I would think. So is he? He plays in the second best league yeah. in the world. Is yeah. that is that fair so. to say? They're the. I would say that Real Madrid is the best team in the world that's not in the NBA. Okay, and he's not the most athletic of people, right? He's not like he's not. Have sure, blazing speed. And no, he doesn't have crazy hops. Like he's the anti Zaire Smith. Yeah, out okay. of Texas Tech. Uh, but he is. I would probably argue him and Bridges are. Uh, Mikel Bridges are the most versatile players in this class. We kick this around depending on how you classify him. I would argue that he's the best point guard, the best off guard, and the best small forward okay. in this draft. And so athleticism is not his strong point. His basketball IQ is really high and right. he's he's his ability to guard and play three different positions no problem is impressive I, one thing that is i think worth pointing out is that athleticism is not like measured in this vacuum like he can't jump and touch the top of the backboard so he's not like that athletic but he's performing at a high level in, on a really good team like there's there's levels of athleticism so he's mm-hmm. not this like uncoordinated you know, sure. not doesn't not operate on the basketball court, but he's not Russell Westbrook. You know, you know. So yeah. there's he's there's tough. levels to it, right? He's tough. I mean, he's banging around with grown men out there, right? And sure. Hanging and, and and hanging all kinds of crazy stats yeah. on him. He's the best player in that league. He's 19. Yeah. Right. It's ridiculous. All right, let's wrap this up with uh, this. Wrap this segment up. You guys want to hang out for one more segment? Let's yeah, do it. absolutely. Right. So uh, let's wrap this up by doing uh, top 10. Your your mock five or. F- yeah, so I think it's been assumed for at least a few weeks that Aiton is going to go number yeah. one. It really does look like Bagley is getting locked in at number two. I think that the Hawks, I don't think they're going to trade down, but I don't think they're going to have to go after Trey Young. Though I would love that because then that pushes like all other viable yeah, players absolutely. down the board. And that was the same thing when there was a rumor a couple weeks ago that Michael Porter Jr. might go second. And I was like, holy crap, if he goes second and Trey Young goes third, this is going to be awesome. But what I actually think will happen is Jaron Jackson out of Michigan yeah, State will go I'd number three. That. And then that's where I think the Mavs are going to make a move. I think they're going to hop up to number four really? one way or another, and they're going to take Luka. And then if Memphis just swaps with them, then I think that perhaps you might see Bamba go off the board at number five. Now, did you see earlier today, like before, just before we started recording this, uh, Mo Bamba has said, told the Grizzlies he doesn't want to go there. He did not give them his medicals. He, didn't, he would not work out there. Wow, really? Uh, I saw. I mean, I saw that hours ago. That's a bold move. Yeah, so fascinating. I mean, because Bamba to Dallas would make a lot of sense there, but I, I don't know. Like, I get the sense that those are the two players that the Mavs want the most, but I just get this feeling, man, that they're ready to make a move. Yeah, and they're gonna go get Luca, and then maybe Memphis gets Bamba, or God forbid, they make a move on Porter Jr., which I don't support at all. Me neither. But let okay, let's just say to, to finish, let's say the five holds the way it is. Would you say Memphis takes Doncic if, if yes. they don't make a move? Dallas yes. Bamba. Yes, and yeah. da- and Dallas. Don't get me wrong. It's not, and I don't want it to make it sound like Bamba is a consolation prize. I think the Mavericks would be thrilled yeah. with getting Bamba, who has had the most effective PR campaign of anyone leading into this That's draft. True. Look at him shooting over a trash can. Uh, <laughs> seriously, it's so weird. Like, Lucas' stock has slid 
playing actual games against actual players while Mo Bamba taking uncontested jump shots in an empty gym. His he's playing he's has, playing one on none, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the very, opposite direction. Yeah, it's yeah. very bizarre. But yeah, so then I would say those are your top five. I feel pretty confident in that. I know there's some buzz on Michael Porter Jr. That buzz ain't there for me. And if he moves into the top five, I think whatever team takes him, mistake. Is that hip? Is that fake? Or is it okay? So. I'm glad that you asked that because I do want to clarify. And I think, Nick, we're not like totally in line with this, but we more or less kind of agree. He could be healthy. I still don't want him in the top five. And you can say it's the back injury. You can say it's the hip injury. That's all fine and well. I'm going to say that he is not an efficient scorer. He's a chucker. He mm -hmm. shoots a lot to score yeah. a lot of points. As of now, he's not a good rebounder. He's not a good defender. He has trouble getting past people. I get that he was the top AAU player. Awesome. So was Harry Giles. What happened with him? I, I don't see it as a top five at all. If you're talking like top 10, then you make a move, look, project potential, hope he becomes an elite scorer, fine. Top five, nope. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I've said this before on Twitter. Like, if the Mavs took him, give me three hours and I'd convince myself I was okay with it. But, like, on the surface, be that's not the guy that I want for all the reasons Kevin yeah. said. I mean, I completely agree with it. Are you a homer? Are you a homer Mavs guy? Most of the time, yeah. yeah most, most of the, the time, time, I'd say so. I, uh, more of a Homer Dirk guy. Like, I probably hold Dirk in higher regard than, you know, like most people in Dallas, than the national sure. audience does. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'd say that if I'm being honest with myself, I'm probably a bit of a Homer. Okay, that's fair. I mean, you knew it because he said he'd convince himself that Michael Porter Jr. was the right pick. <laughs> it would just take not, a while. Not the right pick. Oh, an acceptable was, pick. That I was, yeah, that I'd accept it. Awesome. All right. Uh, so your top five probably about the same? Yeah, I'd agree with okay. Kevin. But if, if there's no movement, I think it goes eight and Bagley. I think Jackson is, is – if they don't trade, Atlanta doesn't trade at three. And then four or five is the big question mark, I guess, in this conversation. But I'll say Doncic to Memphis and then Bomba to Dallas if, okay. if there's no movement at all. But the, that's the interesting part is I still think that it pivots with Atlanta because – while I don't think Atlanta is going to be bold enough to take Trey Young at number three, they might look to trade out. And if someone is looking to trade up, there is buzz that people really like Michael Porter Jr. on the potential. And if that happens and he were to get taken at three or Young were to get taken at three, then the scramble's on because the scramble is on for people who didn't think Jackson would be available or Bamba would mm -hmm. be available or uh, Luca would be available. I don't know how much a team like Chicago really covets, you know, Trey Young or Wendell Carter Jr. Junior, and if sure. they'll start to make a move, and then in the backdrop of all of this is the Kawhi potential trade, the LeBron potential trade, Paul George. There's a lot of names out there that could be on the move that could make this top ten crazy. Awesome. All right. Uh, thank you guys. That was awesome. Yeah, of course. So, uh, collectors, you heard what they said. Go follow the the guy, uh, the crazy guy. What's his name? Lonnie, Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker. That's the one. So look and out. Follow him Walker. in this universe or any other universe. All right. <laughs> uh, that was easy. I set him up for it. So you, it's a Lonnie natural. Guy. He's a natural. You should ask. Nick has some very controversial <laughs> opinions about what exists and what doesn't. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. You're going to hang out and do one more segment? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, hang tight. We'll be right back. This is Terry Smith from uh, Icon AI. And you're listening to Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break, and i got to get a little more uh, business out of the way here, if you don't mind. 
I got to, forgot to do uh, new products and new pricing at the beginning of the show. So here you go. New products for this week. One, and it's a massive one, 2018 Panini National Treasure Soccer. That's uh, four boxes per case, one pack per box, 10 cards per pack. And you can expect to pay a pretty penny for that. It's on the upper, higher end of things as well. But when you're pulling like Ronaldo autographs and Messi autographs and Gareth Bell autographs, you it, Pele, or Pele, it, it, you're, you're going to pay some money. It's, it's pretty cool. And then uh, new pricing-wise, just two products. As my phone went black, um, 2018 Bowman Mega Box. That's done. I know you guys are looking for that a, a lot because uh, that's those variations are hard to find in those, and uh, quite pricey as well. And that had that special Shohei Otani that no one knew about until it was pulled. And then Tops Tier One Baseball is done as well. Thank you, Brian, for getting both of those done. Now let's get on to uh, Beckett Whatevs. I'm still sitting here with Kevin and Nick, uh, host of Backward Basics. Go check them out. Go to 105.3thefan.com. You can find the uh, back episodes there. You guys got one more episode before the draft? or Yeah, I yeah. think we're actually going to record. We're inspired by this podcast. Okay. We'll go record another one tonight, and uh, we'll have it out before the draft, and okay. we'll be ready for Valor Burger on Thursday. So what's going down there? Tell, me, tell my listeners who live in the... I got a lot of DFW listeners, so... Well, bad news, DFW <laughs> listeners. We have been informed that this is entirely possible. This event will not be opened up to the public. Oh, it might just be for team officials and stuff so that's the bad news the good news is we will be on 105.3 the fan you can also be on the tune in app and you can listen in as we are where the mavericks are sure when things happen we're going to try to get some players we're going to try to get management so we're going to be able to get interviews but we're kind of bummed that we hope we could make it a big giant party and the mavericks are like we don't trust the way you guys party so (laughs) no so no is it is that all skin's fault I mean, probably they know skin. Yeah. Skin and Arnold, right? They just yeah, they're they're bad seeds. <laughs> That's funny. What about you? Where are you hanging out for the draft, man? Oh, the same place. Yeah. All right, cool. Same place. We'll be doing draft stuff all day. I mean, just Thursday's going to be from the time I wake up to the time I eventually go to bed. Sure. Doing draft podcasts and interviews and discussions and trade rumors so it's going to be a lot of fun he's the kt fun tweets of of, of base basketball no i could see that but ask him what his dream pick is like we went through the top of the first round sure that's all fine oh well. okay but his dream pick is actually at 33 in the second round okay. i believe and i think this is more and more unlikely falling apart dude. as the days go by but grayson allen at 33 okay to the mavericks is my dream pick i've been i've been digging that Grave or climbing that hill, whichever way you want to put it, for about four months now, and that, that is what I would love to happen for the Mavericks. Isn't Grayson Allen the uh, Draymond Green of college basketball, just going around kicking people in the ding dong or tripping them or something like that? But he's actually you know. kind of good too. I can yeah. see that. And then Nick and I are both Duke basketball fans, right. and so so you guys hang out with Tony Romo then? I wish, <laughs> man, no, because he's going to jinx my team. He's going to, but doesn't he go to Duke's games all Duke games all the time? No, not all the time. I've seen him at like one or two. Come on, him yeah. and Garrett go down there. Hey, I'm jealous. I totally want to go to a game of Cameron Indoor. Never been to Cameron Indoor. My former host, my former co-host, uh, Mr. Paul Worth. He, we miss you, Paul. We do miss you, Paul. He was he went to school uh, at a small school in North Carolina, but he was he was always at ECU or Duke. 
partying, going, oh, nice. going games like that. But you can't get him to talk about that because he's a Maryland fan, so he doesn't. Oh, he, what? Yeah. So he well, does he know? Does he know Kevin hates Maryland? Yeah. I, you know, he left a, a Maryland piece right there. You can see it. I think it's signed by Gary, yeah. Greg Williams. Or Gary oh, Williams. sweet! It's yeah. from the year that they won the national championship, yeah. 2002. The year after they choked in the national final four against Duke, and uh, Duke won the national championship. I'm just saying. Now you're 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 an Aggie man. What are you doing pulling this Duke stuff? Man, okay. So I'm gonna take you back in time to the year 1986. Okay. I was a little kid, and the Final Four was at Reunion Arena. Yes. And somehow, I guess my dad scored tickets to it, and I got to go, and I was a kid, and I was feeble-minded, some mm-hmm. would argue still am, and I was just, I, I jumped on board with Duke because they had cool colors. Like, they lost to Louisville in the finals, but mm-hmm. as a little tiny kid, I determined that that was my team, and so for, like, I've been... I've been with Duke ever since before they were really awesome, and now just people think it's obnoxious, yeah. and that's fine, but I love me some Duke, and that- I wanted to go to Duke until I saw what it cost. Sure. And I was like, oh. Same. Pass. Was that Jay Billis? Was that 87? Was that Jay Billis? Uh, yeah, I think I think Jay Billis was part of the 86 team, so yeah. Is he, is he the most successful Duke player? Like. I mean, Grant Hill, I mean, you shut Elton up. Brand. Kyrie Irving oh, won, for, an, won a world championship about, for LeBron. I forgot about Uncle Drew. I, I completely forgot about him. <laughs> for the record, that movie looks horrible, but I think it's going to make so much money. I want to see it. See? I, I'd I like, will not see it. It looks either. My kid wants to see it. It looks horrible, but I want to see it. If only because Nate Robinson is in it. Okay. So, it's going to uh, make a ton of money, oh, yeah. I think. It's going to be that, and I want to see Tag. Oh, I do yes. too. Yeah. Me too. Oh, you better hurry. Yeah. It's not doing so well at the box office. Really? Hannibal Burris isn't carrying a film? Yeah. <laughs> it got, uh, obviously, it got crushed by The Incredibles. And I'm then... seeing that tonight, by the way. Have Are y'all you seen really? Incredibles 2? No. I've not seen Incredibles, so Ooh, no. I have a I've... controversial opinion. Go ahead. I think The Incredibles, it's just all right. It's just all right? So I shouldn't waste my time with it? No, it's... The first one, I think it's just all right. But I'm in the minority on that. Yeah, I think it's great. I love it. I mean, it made $180 million, the previous, the second one, mm-hmm. this weekend. Sure. The record for most money ever for an animated opening was $135 million. So it destroyed that. So people have caught Incredibles fever. I'd be more in on uh, on Tag and then Jurassic World 2, which I'm not super keen on, comes out this weekend. I've never seen a Jurassic Park movie. What? The first one's awesome. I had never seen a, a Jurassic Park movie until I was 20... Five. What and happens in your life at 25 that you're like, now's the time? I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. The date, right? I, no. I was uh, I was in Baghdad, Iraq. Oh. And I had to take my vehicle into service. So I, I basically, it's you got to go sit and wait with your vehicle because you sure. can't leave the equipment there. Well, while the mechanics are working on said vehicle, they had uh, two movies to watch in the... Uh, in the room, I think this was a joke. I really do. One was Jurassic Park, and the other was Dirty Dancing. So, really, <laughs> uh, overrated I, movie. I was not putting Baby in the corner, and I had to watch. I had to watch Jurassic Park. So huh. uh, there you go. You said had to. Does that mean you didn't particularly enjoy it? I, you know, you know, I don't know. Man. That scene when they're flying away and the the John Williams music gets going and you realize what an epic journey you've been on. Oh, yeah. loved it. I want to see the new one though, Jurassic World uh, two, two, whatever. Where they have to go to back to the island to rescue yeah. the dinosaurs because exactly. the island's exploding. Exactly. Sure. Um, 
But my my movie Why? my movie buddy is out on it. He he tells me it looks scary. So it's right. weird. Like the movie looks different than what I thought because in the first preview, it's like, oh man, the island's exploding. We got to save the dinosaurs, and sure. you're like. All right. And then in the second trailer I saw, apparently the evil scientists are mm-hmm. going to try to get all the dinosaurs first so they can keep doing whatever. I was right. like, where was this in the first trailer? I feel like this is a totally different movie. Both movies? Not interested. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Sorry. I mean, it'll make hundreds of millions of dollars without me. Of so course. It'll of be course. fine. I'll go watch Tag instead. Me too. We'll go together. It'll be fun. <laughs> nice. When's the next uh, the fan hangout with the movie at the Studio Movie Grill? Yes. Announced today? Actually, right? yeah. yeah. Good call. Uh, it's Jul- Saturday, July 7th. Uh, 4.30 at Studio Movie Grill in the Colony. Okay. It's going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp. And the Wasp. And I want to say that the cool thing that we do about that is they're always free to Mm -hmm. get in. So you just have to pay for your food. But, I mean, I got you into the movie for free, so what's the problem? And we always do it on opening weekend. Right. So Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out the day before that, that Friday. So that's Saturday, July the 7th, 4.30. Uh, Studio Movie Grill in the Colony, run by one of our weekend hosts, Mike Dingus. He's Mm -hmm. the manager there. It's really, really nice, and we always get good crowds out there. I would suggest if you want to go, 1053thefan.com, you can sign up now. And sign up now, because everyone always waits, Mm -hmm. and then it's already full, and they're like, I, I'm sure you get this. I get this too. Hey, can you get me in? Sure. I'm like, no, it's already full. So sign up right now. It's going to be fun. I got to go sign up. My son will want to see this. Yes. So I got to come to the colony. It was just nowhere near me. And <laughs> see this. Well, how bad do you want to see the movie? How bad do free? I want to hang out with 105.3 The Fade? Exactly. I we came know. to you. You did. There you, you go. Come to us now. That's right. Gavin Spittle, I hope you're listening. I want a job. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> Nick, let's start with you, buddy. How, what was your college team growing up? Oh, Duke. Duke basketball. Duke, okay. Uh, my story's a bit different. I, how old was I? When J.J. Reddick first hit the scene at Duke, I forget how old I was, but I was like middle school. Like, I mm-hmm. I just liked basketball at that point. I didn't really have a team. And then I watched J.J. Reddick. I was like, this guy's the best player on the floor. Mm. And so I started watching him, and, you know, Duke was always on TV, still is always on TV. Yeah. So they were, they were easily accessible. I didn't know anything about people hating Duke or why people hated Duke. I just started watching them. And then um, the church I was going to at the time, a lot of my friends liked North Carolina, okay. which just made me want to like the team that they didn't like. And so I you know, even picked up more of the Duke's team and started following Duke ever since then. And now uh, still a Duke fan today, still love J.J. Redick, even in his full uh, tattoo sleeve in the NBA. You, but You'll get a kick out of this. I don't know if I ever told you this is – we would always, uh, when I was at the newspaper, we would cover the charity then softball game when it was then run by Mike Madonna. Like now it's the sure. Dirk Celebrity okay. Baseball game. Right. But before that, it was run by Mike Madonna and it was softball. Mm-hmm. And the closest I've ever come to just nerding out and saying the hell with my press credentials and all that, because the cool thing is sometimes people might lose sight of it a little bit is like when you're in the media, you get to meet all these awesome people, but sure. you don't really get to fan out sure and you don't get to ask for autographs or anything so i met so many awesome people there number one person i met there elton brand oh that's cool and and like since it was in dallas and elton brand's not like a dallas guy he wasn't getting swarmed by media and so when i saw him break off bang i took right off for elton brand of course like i didn't care about anything else in the moment except for talking to elton brand and i think my (laughs) first question was 
So, um, um, man, that national, like I botched that first question so hard. And so then I was like, my brain's like, get it together, man. Sure. Don't ask for an autograph. Say focused. And then we flipped the switch after that. I got it together, but I fanned out so yeah. hard meeting Elton Brand. That's, I've, I don't think I've ever fanned out really, really hard on anybody at the rookie photo shoot this couple months, well, about a month ago, I had Baker Mayfield sitting right in front yes. of me, right? And I'm like... Cover oh, boy for yeah, the new exactly. Beckett. Exactly. And I'm like, hey, Baker, um, got, got a minute? Can I, can I... I just wasn't assertive enough, you know? Yeah. And, like, and he, he just completely and totally blew me off. I was like, <sighs> well, this sucks. But Sam Darnold was sitting across the room and didn't see any of that. So I re readjusted. Sure. Took a couple deep breaths. Went over, had a great conversation with Sam Darnold that I can't play yet. So, uh, <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, I think people should jump on the Sam Darnold collectible train. I think so, too. Because there is no bigger hype. We've, we talk about this on the show all the time. The number one off-season story I'm enamored with is mm-hmm. the Jets being convinced yeah. that Sam Darnold is the next great player of all time. Like After their first OTA, the coach said, I wish that the season started now so we could start him. I was like, <laughs> aren't you still competing for a job? Or, right. And then their owner came out and said, you will look back in 20 years on the history of the Jets and see this as a momentous day when we drafted Sam Darnold. Oh, wow. It's incredible how much hype they're putting behind this kid. I can't wait to see it. Uh, the other person I was thinking, I might have told you guys this last time, that I fanned out for, and Nick, you can save your opinions on this subject because I know what they are. Is when we had WWE champion uh, Seth Rollins in studio okay. in the morning, and okay. he brought the belt. Sure. And in the break, I was like, hey, Seth, is it okay if I take a picture with the belt? <laughs> like, I was so timid. He goes, sure, man, take a picture with it. Pick it up, hold it, whatever you want. I was like, cool. <laughs> and so I like I took a second and I didn't want to instantly grab it. And I was like, cool. And I slowly took out my phone, mm-hmm. picked up the belt, put it on my shoulder, might have posed in a variety of different <laughs> you tried, spots. You tried to act like you didn't care. Yeah, like, I was like, I mean. Did you do the Alexa Bliss? Whatever. <laughs> I should have. But then I had an other dastardly plan, which I didn't do. So I feel like I can reveal it here now. Okay. Is... Yeah, Nick, and you can judge on this part. I may or may not have spent a tidy sum of money to buy a replica belt. All right, um, those those start at $500. Okay, so. for the record, <laughs> they start at $430. <laughs> if you wait it out for a Black Friday sale, you could get money off of that. Did it cost multiple hundreds of dollars? Don't worry about that, okay? The point is, I got the belt, and I thought, man, if I would have done this like a year ago, here's what I would have done. Because Seth was really tired at the time. You would have swapped them. Yes, I would have. And I would have smuggled the real belt Mm. out. And the replicas are really nice quality. They should be for the money they cost. you would have got curb stomped from hell. (sighs) Yeah, but what a story. Yeah. What a story. I ended up in the hospital because I stole the WWE belt and got curb stomped by the champion. I accept that. Now, are you not a wrestling guy? No, oh, gosh, stupid. no. What? Why? It's all You're from Texas. Yeah, but I like real sports. Oh, oh you shit. Like if I want to watch oh. acting, I'll watch TV. Like a show I mean, or it a is movie. On TV. Oh. But like I'm not fake fighting. I mean, come on. All right. It's not fake. So, it's scripted. Uh, you and Kevin, you and I hung out a little bit on Saturday and you yes. told me you told me a great story about Y2J and 
that was awesome. But I have one that I wanted to tell you at the time, but I didn't. Okay. Can I can I share this story Let's with do you? It. So uh, Chris, and should I recap my story for your listeners you know as well? Please go ahead, recap yours, and then should I'll share I mine. check out now? No, or? no, you like this story <laughs> because it's not. It involves a wrestler, okay. but it's not really about wrestling. Okay. So we had Chris Jericho mm-hmm. on the show. Uh, he was actually on the morning show with Sean and RJ, and I. The one thing I do love about Sean and RJ is they'll always reach out to me. They're like, hey, do you want to come sure. up? I was like, he's going to be in the studio? Hell yeah, I want to come up. And so he was plugging his third book. He'd just come out with his third book, and I'd read his first two books. And he's a really, like, I think you would like him. He's a witty guy. Mm, and so cool. I just read his second book. And so in the very first segment, Sean just gets up and leaves to go get a cup of coffee because he's, like, not into wrestling either. Right. And I was like, oh, what a shocking turn of events that was. And so then he comes back, and I asked Chris Jericho, I was like, so, Chris, I'm curious, in your second book, and I asked like what I thought was a well-thought-out question, Sean jumps in and he goes, oh, listen to this nerd here in your second book. And Chris Jericho looks right at him and he goes, yeah, God forbid somebody did their research to ask a good question. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God! <laughs> and so then at the end of the segment, Sean just looks at me and he goes, so you're going to like stick around? And he goes, are you asking me? Or And I go, hold on, I got this. Hey, Chris, that was a great segment. Is there any chance you could stick around for one more segment? And he goes, for you, I'd be glad to. And then he looked right back at Sean, and I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. So That's it was, amazing. It was awesome. So for as witty as Chris is, he's, he's very witty. He's also uh, quite cantankerous, as you can tell probably from the story. I, I can see that. Uh, I've seen him in situations where fans just went too far, and it got heated. Right. So the first time I ever meet Chris Jericho, his first book had just came out, uh, Lionheart. Yes. And uh, good story, by the way. Uh, still in from the Rob Van Dam, not Rob, uh, John Claude Van Dam movie. Uh, yes. <laughs> so uh, Lionheart, Lionheart was his first name when he wrestled in Mexico. Um, read the book. It's a fabulous book. I loved it. It is. I do like reading, so I might do that. Okay, so there you go. And there's a couple of wrestlers' books that like they just have a snappy sense of humor sure. that would get you more interested in the generic blah, blah, blah right. kind of book. Uh, love the book. I read it, and he. I'm at, I'm stationed at Fort Lewis at the time, uh, just outside of Seattle, and he's doing a book signing at the PX. I get there, and the line is massive, of course, because it's a free autograph yeah. from you know a world champion. So the line's massive. He, he's kind of just doing the motions, right? He doesn't really want to be there. And I get to the line. I get up to him, and I, I look at him, and I say, hey, Chris, uh, thanks for being here today. I really appreciate it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. And I said, man, I, I love the book, and I was wondering if you could sign it for me. Next week we got midgets. And he looked up, and he smiled the biggest smile. He had, he had smiled all day, and he said, yes. Yes, I can. So he signed it, Chris, Y2J, Jericho, next week we got midgets. Because there's an excerpt from the book awesome. where he's doing, he's he's with uh, he's with uh, Lance Storm in Smoky yes. Mountain, and he, he completely botches his interview, and he just looks at the camera and goes, next week we got midgets. And <laughs> that, was, that was it. So I have a book, I have a copy of Lionheart signed by Chris Jericho. Autograph, <laughs> that's, that's got to be. It's a great story. It was it was fun. So if you're not into wrestling, what are you into other than college basketball? Let's see, college basketball, pretty much any sport. Okay, I'm pretty into any sport. That's like my. I don't really. One of my bits is that I hate a lot of things. Okay, 
I I, mean, I I dislike more things I think than I like. That I could see that, but I would, uh, let's not rule this out. You might hate a lot, but love has become a huge part of your life. Yeah, I do. Too, I, significant other. I'm into her. She's cool. Awesome. She'll never hear this. Well, maybe she maybe she is a collector. And what she's do you mean? Y'all are getting me. married. She needs to listen yeah, to this. Well, she gets bored like by anything like sports. So she like if I ask her, hey, did you listen? She's like for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, did you like it? And she's like, I mean, I didn't know what you were saying. So, yeah, she's she's not into it. But, yeah, she's cool, I, I guess. I really love... You better not say I guess. I, I love, uh, like, TV shows that are people think are over it. Like, Lost is my favorite TV show ever. Okay. I love Sons of Anarchy. That's another show that oh, I love. I've never seen that show. Great show. Great show. Um I Did, watch Sons of Anarchy. You you watch a WrestleMania or read a wrestling book. I mean, I could get through <laughs> it, I guess. I, yeah, but really, I mean, I just I'm into the your your generic sports, I guess. NFL, college football, college we, basketball, all those things. We need to make this happen. At the end of July, the, we were talking, and the uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not show got canceled. Yeah. Oh, what? But hold on, wait. At Lava Cantina the next night, the David Von Erich birthday celebration match. Ooh. Event okay, so uh, pr- what are they? What are they now? Pro Wrestling Revolution? No, that's not them. It's IWR. It's not the IWR anymore. Okay. It's World Class Revolution. Oh that's yeah, that's right. That's right. So they're here in town, okay, for the David Von Erich birthday celebration, and they're putting on an event at Lava Cantina. We got to get him out there to check it out. I will tell you this, Nick. You meet you, the Von Erichs. You might have more fun at a. Kind of a a smaller wrestling event right. than the big corporate WWE event because it's much more like interactive. I would go to like any. I would not like if someone's like, "Hey, I want you to come with, to this you know wrestling event, whatever it is, with me and just like you know see if you like it." I'm not opposed to going. I'm just not going to watch it like on TV. Okay, okay. yeah, right. no, yeah. I think I think you might enjoy it live. We yeah, I'm in on that. So the next is uh, July 22nd. Okay. At the Lava Cantina. All right. We've got to make that happen. Now, uh, if you don't want me to say this, I'll edit it out, but you have cerebral palsy? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, cerebral palsy. Yeah. Cerebral palsy. And uh, you are a freaking inspiration, dude. Well, You're, I appreciate that. That's yeah. really, really cool. Thank uh, you. I, I did a little bit of research last night, and I didn't know that. Of course, why would I? Because you're a normal functioning human being, right? Right, yeah. That's that's really cool that you that you are who you are and you're doing what you do. Is there any causes that you're behind that you would like to plug here? Because no, actually, I mean, there's really not. I mean, there's so many, so many good ones. I mean, I'm not sure. I don't have any specific, but you can just Google like any dis any any organization that works with children sure. specifically with disabilities is something I can get behind. You know, CP specifically is the sure. most common physical disability for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so any anybody that does good things for that, I can get behind. I mean, there's sports leagues and doctors and sure. hospitals that are all committed to just uh, kids with physical disabilities. And I'm not, I don't want to you know, discount anything else, but that's just what I'm passionate about. So of yeah, course. that's another thing. I mean, I'm super passionate about just being any kind of, I don't know, voice that I can be sure. for for kids specifically that have what I had or grew up doing or having sure. to go through what I did. So, yeah, uh, none specific, but, I mean, any of them are good. There's so many. So All right, guys, I have about 6,000 followers on Twitter. You have 10,000 on your personal account. 
You have better. a thousand. I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm almost a two thousand. Almost. I'm so getting guys, there because of the go, spelling. Go because of the spelling. <laughs> go follow him uh, at Nick Nepic. Spell it for us. N i c k. So Nick is normal, and mm-hmm. then Nepic is N e p p a c h. It is the spelling. I was, I was butchering your name when I was talking. <laughs> That's. I mean, it's common. He's like, I, I can't <laughs> find it. I was like, it's just <laughs> okay. It doesn't. It, I've heard it my entire life. I'm not offended, but yeah, it's at Nick Nepic, and Nepic is N e p p a c h. Yeah, go follow him. He really knows his basketball stuff. And he's uh he's a good guy, man. I'm, I've known him for tw- fifty three minutes now. I'm happy with it. So it's oh, good. there we go. I'm, <laughs> I'm good. He's I, he's a nice fellow. Yeah, dispassionate about wrestling about aside, wrestling, yeah. he's he's a nice. But fellow. I'm leaving the door open. I'm that's not... see that's what I like about you. You're you're an open. Yeah, person. this is yeah. what we need to do. This is we need to make this happen again, and we need to get him to open some basketball cards. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not opposed to collecting either. I just have never done it. Like sure. it's just not something that I've done. But I, like looking in here, looking at all mm-hmm. this stuff, I, like I'm just constantly like my eyes are scanning the room. <laughs> are you like, ooh, that could be kind of cool. I'm like, oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? Oh, there's another thing. Like all of it. It's yeah. Cool. Every time someone's in here, I always point out the picture behind Kevin's head and there's there's a bigger one here. But that one behind Kevin is signed by Nolan Ryan. Van Poppel. Todd Van Poppel. The most disappointing, <laughs> maybe Brian White. I don't know. Or, or Bryn Taylor. Bryn Taylor. Yeah. Bryn Taylor is the kid who they were like, oh, in high school, he could throw 103 miles an hour. Sure. I was like, wow, this kid's going to be the best ever. But him and Todd Van Poppel, yeah. it hurts. It still hurts. It, it still does hurt. At least he was an athletic, right? Not, not a That's ranger. true. But I thought he was going to be a ranger and he was going to be the next Nolan and it hurts still. All right. We're going to get, we're going to get out here on an animal story because we like to do uh, uh, animal stories every okay. now and again. And uh, this one I saw, and it freaked me out. Did you see this woman that got ate by a 24-foot reticulating python? What? Did you see this? Okay. But that is terrifying. So this this is real. Like, I I didn't think it was real. I thought, no, there's no way. This is real. Uh, This is from the animal kingdom. She goes to her her garden area where she goes every day. And this is uh, in India, I believe. And she goes there to go gardening. And never comes home. A couple days later, they find a python with a swollen belly. Oh, my God. Shut up. And they killed the python. She was in the python. Oh, my Lord. I hate snakes. This makes me hate snakes even more. This it would is be crappy. so slow and horrible. Oh, oh yeah. I, I mean, I had a... Well, they probably suffocate you first. Yeah, so she okay. was... Oh, so there's the bright side to getting like murdered getting, by the snake. You're not, like, swallowed alive. Okay. Right. It's I, not like going feet so first I had a, woodshed, I had right? a pet snake when I was a teenager. Did you? Yeah, a king snake. And, um, I mean, she wasn't very big. I don't know big. if we can hang out anymore. She was, like, five <laughs> feet. She wasn't very big. But, like, the python or the... Uh, what's the other one? The python... And the boa the boa yeah, yeah. they are uh, very I, I have like whenever I was looking for snakes they brought them out and like they're babies and they're real friendly like real soft but they also get like eight feet long mm-hmm. and like huge mm-hmm. so nope. I'm, I'm not gonna I don't want a pet that's gonna be bigger than me that could possibly kill me like king snakes are pretty they <laughs> don't get very big so I was fine with that but yeah <laughs> the fact that this snake could just like End your life at any moment. No. Sure. Terrifying. See, that's that, why I've got a dog that's 22 pounds. Right? She can get as pissed as she wants. <laughs> She's never going to take me out. That's the level of pet that I need. This this scared. I, I didn't like. I said I didn't think it was real. And then I, I read the story and I did a little bit of research. And this is the kind of thing that would make used to make Paul just shiver with fear and yeah. make me shiver with fear too. I, I don't ridiculous. want that to be people's last memory of me. It's like, oh yeah, they found him in the snake. Yeah. 
Like, that's not how I <laughs> no, want to go yeah, out. that's awful. Because it doesn't matter whatever you did in the rest of your life. You're going to be known as the person that got eaten by a snake. Yep. If Kevin wouldn't have lost all that weight, he would have never got eaten by that snake. Oh, my God. That's true. The <laughs> snake, easier to eat. The snake could have never handled me before. <laughs> Dang it. Pros and cons to everything, oh, Kevin. I need to go get a cheeseburger or something. <laughs> so you're looking great, man. You lost 170 76 pounds. pounds. 76 yeah. pounds. Yeah, thank That's, you very much. Uh, uh, soda. Wait it's, for it. Hey, state, state of the, the art. art. <laughs> it's it's weird, too, because you just, like, I don't know. I still view myself as the way I used to. Sure. And I know some people will point out the way I dress. I still kind of dress the way right? I used to. So <laughs> this is a new shirt, though. This is the first time I've ever worn this shirt, and it already feels like a little... Loose, a which loose. is a little agitating, but also it's a good problem to have. You, you know, uh, so. you got the uh, the the hole punch for the belt, right? Yes. Oh man, <laughs> we we discussed. I've this heard. Before. Th- I've yeah. heard this. This is the best purchase I've ever made in terms of like usefulness. Is I got the leather punch tool. Okay. From the Home Depot, which sounds a lot manlier than a belt. Sure. A belt tool. Uh. So yeah, I got the leather punch tool. And it was eight bucks. Mm. And so, like, I can be kind of cheap sometimes. Sure. And so I didn't want to get rid of my belts because they were still, like, not brand new, but they were still useful. Right. And so I just started punching new holes in them. But then I eventually realized the flaw is I had I got to the point where I had to start tucking in a lot of my shirts. Mm-hmm. And when you tuck in the shirt, you can see how long the belt is. And right. I kid you not, the belt went all oh, the way around. 180 degrees from the buckle. Oh, wow. That's how far around it went. And so I went to a uh, Rangers game with, it was me, Brandon, and my sister and her boyfriend, and she goes, how long is that belt? And I was like, oh, crap, I forgot my <laughs> shirt's uh, tucked in. And so, yes, now I have a couple of appropriate-sized belts, but okay. I keep that tool around just in case we keep losing weight there here. You go. and yeah. you got to be efficient. You're looking good, man. Thank you I'm, so much. I'm, I really appreciate it. I don't it. know if it means anything to you. I'm really proud of you. you look it does, great. actually. I, I'm Believe it or not, I and I, I tell people this all the time, and it's so weird because you have people, and I'm sure that you get this, obviously, in a much higher level with CP, and people will say that you inspire them, and yeah. I'm sure that's yeah. huge for you, but I run into a lot of people, and they're like, hey, I know it probably doesn't mean anything to you, but I really am inspired by it. Sure. It does mean something to you. Like There are so many times when I'm sure you get frustrated with life. There are so many times, again, I know mine's on a no, much yeah, lower yeah, yeah. level, but there are so many times when I get frustrated about the things I can't eat, the things I can't eat, the amount of working out that I do and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And when you get all that positive feedback, it does mean a lot. Sure. And it helps get you to that next spot. Sure. Well, you look great, man. Thank you so much. And, um, you know. You look nice, too, Nick. (laughs) I appreciate that. Corey's got that handsome juice still going, so. He does. (laughs) Hey, Paul. He's he's looking good, too. He's doing good, too. I want to give a shout out. One more shout out to Paul. He is in, uh, he's at Disney World or Disneyland. With his uh, family, all 27 kids, and I'm just uh, <laughs> feeling bad for him right now. But uh, all right, guys, let's wrap this up. Uh, tell my listeners where they can find you on Twitter, Kevin. At Oh Thank Kevin. You can also find our show, the KNC Masterpiece, at KNC1053. You can find the Backboard Basics podcast on the TuneIn app. We worked on getting on, on iTunes, and you can also go to 1053theradio.com, and they've got all of the episodes archived there. And Mr. Nepic? Yeah, at, on Twitter, at Nick Nepic. That's N-I-C-K-N-E-P-P-A-C-H. 
Awesome. Also, uh, we got a Facebook page, the okay. KNC Masterpiece right. with an Amp for Sam and 105.3 The Fan. That's where you can get info about things like Ant-Man and the Wasp screening mm-hmm. and the Facebook Live and everything like that. So go check us out there. Go check them out. Uh, Ant-Man and Wasp, that's coming up at the end of July. July, July 7th. July 6th, July 7th. That. Yeah. And then you guys got a wiffle ball game at the end of this month. Yeah, that's a, a week fun. from Saturday. Yeah, if so. you roll out to uh, the lawn out in front of the, the Pegasus lawn out in front of the Omni and... We've got most of the spots filled up, but there's also going to be all kinds of cool uh, uh, food merchants there. Sure. There, are people are going to be selling booze, and it's an adult wiffle ball tournament on a Saturday afternoon. It's going to be fun. There you June thirtieth at the Omni. That's a little warm. I'm going to be at the beach that day, but you guys have sure. fun doing that yeah. thing. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out this week. I really appreciate it. Until next week, just keep listening to the Jericho. Mission control, it's stories to be told Foes decode these remotes Broke down but this behold The illness from CO Deep through the keyhole To see this one light Leeches lurking in the darkness Won't leave living tonight Punchline for this fight Because they heads ain't fed right How can you see my brother With no perspective of sight Can't do good and live right Kick snares and high hats They be the get right Here they give the blind sight What? Me and my people just might tonight All right me and my people just might. Me and my people just might